Anytime I hear the word sexual, it makes me think of the Backstreet Boys song. Oh my God. If Are you sexual? And as much as I love the Backstreet Boys, the most awkward moment in their whole catalog so for sure. Awkward. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co host, Erica. Erica, hello, hello. Hello, hello, Allie. How are you feeling today? I am good. We are, it is a busy, busy, busy few weeks. We had our first solo, if you will, live show in New York City this week that was so fucking fun. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who came out. I had a great time and I hope you all had a great time, which I feel like everyone did because I got great feedback after the show. Yes, absolutely. I think Everybody really enjoyed themselves. We really enjoyed ourselves. The guests were amazing. It was so cool to meet people and hang out afterwards. I just, I can't wait to do more, honestly. I know. I've gotten a handful of DMs, LA and DC specifically, saying you have to come here. So anybody I mean, anybody who wants us to come there, let us know where you are. That helps us out. I heard Chicago from a few people, which I would love to do. I love Chicago. I have friends there. And you've never been. No, I haven't. I would love to go to Chicago. Yeah. I mean, LA is a no-brainer because like you, you live there. Yeah, for sure. So, so I should just come there and do that. But Yeah, exactly. Excuse to come visit me. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so that, you know, was a whirlwind this week. And I also, I guess technically this week, went on three dates. Oh, damn. Yeah, you've had a busy week. I have had a busy week. Because um, I also, work has been nuts. I'm So I'm now going, I'm out of the office, officially put my out of the office up for the next two weeks. Very exciting. I, I'm excited and a little nervous about it. I sent a like word vomit out of office email to my like team members who are covering for me, basically being like, here's like every single piece of information that you might possibly need to know. Right. We're <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to make but, it so no one has any reason to contact you. Yes. Although in a good way. I'm in a good way. Yes. Although I'm leaving at the worst possible time. So like mm. the calendar we have like a very specific seasonal calendar in retail based on like when you have to do stuff for future seasons or whatever. For sure. And so people book their vacations around it. And Mm -hmm. I did that for this Dallas and now Greece vacation. And it was supposed to be after the crazy busy season when then we're like pretty slow. And because of a bunch of supply chain stuff that is boring and I won't get into, the calendar shifted after I had already booked my vacation. And so I'm, I'm leaving at like, I'm supposed, I'm leaving at a time that I wouldn't ordinarily Mm -hmm. never, ever, ever considered being gone for, but like I already booked it. Everybody understands. It's just a little stressful. Right. Listen, if you, if you really need to get in touch with, they can get in touch with you. Well, and that's why I say that. Cause I actually, I mean, my team members have my cell phone anyway, just for emergencies and stuff. And I said, please, please. Normally I would never tell you to text me on vacation and I would prefer that you did not. But in this situation. Right. Just do it. Like, I know that I'm basically just peacing out in the most busy time. Yeah, it's tough because it's, you You need, you do definitely do need a break because obviously I've been working with you nonstop and I see everything you do and you definitely deserve it. So we will have a great time. Oh, Greece. absolutely. Yeah. A couple a text time, messages here and there are not going to make any <laughs> impact on my vacation. Like, totally fine. Um, so, and honestly, I'm the kind of person that like, I would rather actually know that like they're doing okay and that things are fine rather than be worrying that like, you know, something had happened, which 
it's going to be fine. There's, you know, there's, nothing's going to burn down. Well, but you know, the anxious thoughts pervade, pervade. So, um, anyway, so I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into, into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice nice little flavorful drink that is a little, little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feeling all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the Recess Ginger Lime Mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious. And you can get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. I did go on three dates this week two of which are with a publicist, and one was with a new guy hmm. who the pod doesn't even know about because I had been – this guy I met through my matchmaker. I'd been matched with him, and then he had to cancel last minute, like same day, for a very legit family emergency reason. Mm-hmm. That said, it, I still was like, okay, well, it's on him to reschedule even though that was like a very real reason. Um, and he did. And so I just figured I would just update about it on the pod whenever we did go out, if we ever did, because of course there was the chance that I'd never hear from him again because that's happened before. Um, (laughs) but he did. It's happy. Yeah, it's truly, man. Um, but he did, he reached back out. He's like, things have settled down. Thanks so much for understanding. You know, what does your week look like? I know you're, he knew I was leaving. So he's like, I know you're leaving this week. You know, when can you go out? So I went out with him this past week. We got drinks. Um, I will not be seeing this man again. Damn. That bad? (laughs) That bad. Um, I haven't been able to connect with my matchmaker about it yet because she is out of town. It's it's Memorial Day weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. So she's out of, out of office and then I'm out of office. It doesn't, it's not urgent. Like I'll talk to her about it eventually. There's nothing she's going to do about it. Like right now. Um, I just want to. I went into a lot of detail about all of the things that happened on the Patreon. So if you want to hear like truly the details of all of the reasons, you can go there. But suffice to say, he 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 made a lot of jokes and made a lot of comments that made me pretty uncomfortable about like how he feels about women and like just his his worldview generally. Basically jokes that to you and I were not jokes. I'll say not jokes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. From made professional jokes that were not jokes. Opinion. Not jokes. <laughs> not jokes. And then not was jokes. like also then did the thing where where somebody makes what they think is a joke and you're like, that that's not a funny thing to say. And they're like, oh come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is the type it, of person it, that they'll be like, I love comedians, you know, that say the thing you're not supposed to say. Like yes. borderline offensive. And I'm like, okay, the fact that that's what you open with in the exactly. comedy genre says a lot exactly and it so yeah it was the kind of thing it was like but it's true I'm like just because it's true doesn't mean we need to say it out loud right or it's more like it's true for you true for you yes 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 <laughs> you know so like an example that i will one i'll give one example we, we're talking about sports 
he he's an athlete. He plays sports. At this point, he'd already said a couple things where I'm like, I'm not sure we're a match. But then we started talking about that, and I was like, oh, okay, like maybe you know we can we can find some common ground here. This was early, early on. We hadn't even sat down yet mm-hmm. at the bar. We were waiting, and I told him I play volleyball. I told him I was about to leave on this you know three day tournament or whatever. He asked what position I play, and I said, oh, like do you you know I, I'm a setter. Like do you do you are you familiar with volleyball? Do you watch it? Or ever watched it? And he goes, I watch it because the uniforms are so sexual. <laughs> Which is also Which, the most awkward way to say that, by the way. a very weird thing to say. It's like, buddy, <laughs> you're trying to be funny and almost weirdly flirty, but who says the word sexual? That is the thing. It's like, like whoever says so, that, trying to there flirt. There were so many things wrong with this. First of all, that the first thing you said about my sport is that like, the the uniforms are like skimpy in the first place but then the fact that the way you said it is that they are sexual yeah sexy buddy sexual it literally it's like actually anytime i hear the word sexual it makes me think of the backstreet boys song oh my god are you sexual and as much as i love the backstreet boys the most awkward moment in their whole catalog for sure so awkward so awkward that logan just flew off of my lap he was like i'm fucking with him um so anyway, that's just one example of the things that he said that I was like, wow. Like, and it, I, I was talking to my mom about it afterwards. I called her from the Uber. I was talking to her about it, and she knew she knew the details of the, the reason that he had rescheduled the first time. Mm-hmm. And so she very kindly was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit. Like, you know, may, like he was just recently going through this thing. You know, do you think that had anything to do with it? And I said, you know – Maybe that made him have less of a filter than usual, but those things are still in his head. I wouldn't say that makes you have less of a filter. Like, I know I don't know what the thing is, but it's like, I don't think less filter. Maybe it's something they were trying extra hard to be fun, quote unquote. Sure. Yeah. Like whatever it is, like maybe, maybe that impacted like some of the, but that still means that the things that you're saying are in your head. Right. Exactly. It is how you actually feel. Yes, exactly. And and based on all of the subsequent things that he said, I do not want to be with somebody who feels those things. No. Let alone says them out loud. Yeah. Just uncomfortable, honestly. Yeah, very. So I, I'm very curious to talk to my matchmaker about him because she was very excited about him in a way that made me very excited about him. Obviously, he didn't say any of these things to her. Of course yeah. not. Right. So... But also, I feel like the point of the matchmaker, right, correct me if I'm wrong, is almost they have the serious questions up top Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, y'all align on kids, you rely on religion, you rely on where you want to live forever, where the point of like the matchmaker date is, oh, you two go and have fun. Just see if you vibe because I got the serious stuff out of the way for you. Exactly. But, But then you really are faced with, do I enjoy this person's company? And the answer was no. The answer was absolutely not. So yeah, you're yeah. you're right that that and that's why I come kind of like yes, it sucks that this is somebody who I I paid to go out with this man. <laughs> but I, <laughs> when you put it that it's way, it really fucking sucks. It that way. Yeah, <laughs> I paid to be here. I paid to be here. I paid I to, to have here. this experience. Is what I was oh, thinking man. like the whole time. Um, at the same time, I don't know how. Like, let's say I'm a matchmaker, and I'm talking to a dude. And he's, what am I supposed to say? So, like, tell me a joke. 
Like, what kind of things do you think are funny? Like, I don't know. Like, if he is purposefully not, you know, if he's purposely on his best behavior in that moment and, like, not saying these things that he knows are, like, offensive jokes, I don't know how Mm -hmm. you would elicit that from someone. I mean, like I said, I think it's his way of flirting. So with the matchmaker, he wasn't flirting with her. Yeah. It's the matchmaker's like resume talk. And then the date is you want to be flirty and fun. So that's what I've found anytime I found a guy making kind of comments and jokes like that. And obviously I would always think, oh, is it because I do comedy and you have this (laughs) thing in your head? Like I got to be funny and show her I'm funny or are they nervous? What is it? But the, the jokes that are really off color you're just like come on man this like whether i was a comedian or not why why did you think this was a good idea right yeah why you thought that was a great thing to say out loud right it just reminds me of um the study that says you know men and women both rank you know sense of humor is like the top three things they look for in someone but when men say it they mean someone that laughs at their jokes. Yep. And when women say it, they mean someone that makes me laugh. But yeah. however, when I say it as a comedian, I don't look at it that way at all. I'm like, I would love if we laugh at the same things. Yes, that's exactly what I want. I want to be laughing together at shared humor. Right. So it's even like how we'll shit on, you know, dating apps. A lot of people use an office reference or a friend's reference or Seinfeld, right? And as much as it feels hacky and annoying, there is a little bit truth in that, though, of, oh, you love The Office. I love The Office. We do have a similar similar sense of humor in that way. Yeah. There's a I can't remember if it's Bumble Prompt. I think it's a Bumble Prompt, not a Hinge Prompt. But it says, if you find this funny, we'll get along. Oh, great prompt. I've never seen that one. But yeah, I, like that. I think it's I think it's Bumble. And yeah, it's exactly that. So then somebody will put an office quote and I'm like, OK, yeah, mm-hmm. great use of that prompt. Right. And the same thing of I see people hating on the office on the apps, but exactly. It's it's what is your type of humor? What do you right. find funny? Right. A good relationship or date is more improv in my head where oh, we're bouncing yeah, yeah, off yeah. each other, just having such a fun, good time. Not I'm making you laugh or you're making me laugh. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, lo- I love that. Like that way of thinking about it. Um, so, yeah, I didn't even give this man a nickname. I actually didn't even film a video. Oh, wow. Because what had happened – what happened was um, – <laughs> so, I, like I said, work's been crazy. So, I actually was doing my makeup, like, for this date in between meetings. Like, I would have, like, a couple mm-hmm. minutes and I'd do one thing a couple – so, I, like, wasn't filming my get ready with me. And so, then I was like, oh, like, I guess I'll just film as I go, whatever. Like, I just – didn't have time and then I kind of filmed a little bit on the way to the date and then immediately the date was not good so I was like you know what Mm -hmm. fuck it like I don't need to I don't need to spend more time on this guy interesting so I was gonna say would you do a recap where you come back and say well the date drained me and I did not have the energy to film this (laughs) right after I didn't but there will be no second date and just end the video yeah I just didn't so that this guy will not, not this guy will live here. Yeah. Um, I just, just no nickname. Like, gone with the wind. Yeah, maybe we'll call him wind. Gone with the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a nickname now that you mention it. It's Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Thrown to the birds, if you will. Thrown to the birds. Um so yeah, so that was that. Um, uh, but I did have two lovely dates this week. They were both with a publicist. No surprise, but no surprise. 
Um, and I wouldn't even at this point, one of them I would definitely, ref- okay, they were both obviously dates, but one of them was like a pre-planned, it's the date that we were supposed to have before we did the impromptu winery that I talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we went met up for happy hour and then we were actually literally about to order food. Like we, we so we had sat down, we'd specifically picked this place in, I think it's in Fort Greene, it's called Endswell. It's awesome if you've never been there. Um, oh, we specifically picked place, this actually. It's really good. And they also just have plants everywhere. It's very pretty. Um, We were literally about – we'd ordered appetizers. We were about to order our entrees when all of a sudden I remembered that we were right next door to the place that I had done trivia with the Belgian. Oh, yes. And I thought it was the night that I had done trivia with him. So I was like, wait, oh, my God, before we order food, would you want to do trivia? Because I think there's trivia starting soon, like right next door. Oh, okay. He was like, shit, yeah, I'm down. That sounds super fun. Turns out it was not the correct evening. But then we were like in this trivia mindset. So we looked up where trivias were happening in the area and walked to a different one. Oh, so you found one. We found one. Yeah, we went to Park oh, Life in so Gowanus. Fun. Oh, okay. Which I've been to, I've had done trivia there before, and it's just a generally a great bar. They have really good tacos. Um and like a whole outdoor space. It's very cool. And so, yeah, so we just like immediately paid the check. We're like, uh, just kidding. We're not actually ordering food. We'd obviously, we'd like bought drinks and stuff. So we didn't like, yeah, we're totally wasting their time. But she came back. She's like, are you ready to order? Like, actually, we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> actually, check, please. Actually, fuck this place. No. Um, so, yeah. So then we did that. And then we walked over to Park Life. I have a friend who lives like two blocks from there. So I saw, texted her to see if she and her husband wanted to come. They were busy, but we did trivia by ourselves which was very fun not that successful because like a two-person trivia team is not the ideal situation mm-hmm. but we had a great time i'm glad you did this is uh we're really rolling here with the public yeah um and then another night i was like out in the city texted him asked if he wanted to hang like what i knew what he was doing that night but asked like you know hey do you want to grab a drink after I ended up meeting up with him and his friends um so that was i guess I wouldn't necessarily call that a date. It was more just like a, hey, what are you up to? Like, let's meet up. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. And then, oh, shit. So I guess four, because I also saw him with you last night. Yeah, I got to meet him. You got to meet him. I did. I got to meet the publicist. First of all, very, very cute. He's very cute. Very cute. Um, And very, very nice. Very sweet. I was right. He is a dork in a good way. Yeah, he is. He's in a very good way. He is a dork. He spent so long telling you about that wall he's building in his backyard. Oh, baby. I saw pictures. I got the whole spiel. He had it insulated and shit. the Home Depot aisles. (laughs) And it's one of those things, you know, I I know he's the first time meeting me. I don't think he was nervous, but I was like, I'll let him take the lead on this. I'll I'll, I'll hear about the uh, backyard project. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And uh, he he struck me also as somebody that I was like, oh, he really likes to do things. He's always seeking new information, always yep. excited to try something new and learn something new. And what's great about those people is they very much, one, are not know-it-alls. Um, but two, we had that kids episode and I was like, yeah. this guy I think would be a great dad. I think he would. I think so too. I think he'd be very like, what are we doing today, kids? Let's build another project. Let's build a wall. <laughs> or not whatever, in that way. You know? No, not in, yeah, I know. It's not, not in that way. 
in a uh, in a very good nice way (laughs) yeah but it put it this way it seems like he would be a dad that no matter what the interest the kid had he would he would dive into it he'd be like you love you know let's just say something basic trucks he'd be looking up what's a cool truck thing we can do what's some truck you know information i can teach him he he just seems very i don't know just just loves experiencing new things which i think is a really great trait yeah oh i love that that you yeah. that's spot on also with my experience <laughs> of him that Thank like you. he and i think the trivia thing is a great example where i was like oh we should do trivia and he was like yes like yeah. he just is very just he's down mhm very down you know? also seems very easygoing at the same time so yeah. Or even last so, night, I texted him because I saw you post in your story that you had sh- spots at the cellar on Friday night and they were late. And I texted him mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, like, I know we've been talking about wanting to go to one of Erica's shows. She's doing late shows on Friday. Like, the first one's at 1130. Like, it's kind of late. I get it. If you don't want to do it, we can hang out with her before. But like, I understand. He was like, no, that sounds super fun. Like, I'm in. Let's do it. Right. See? And then, try new things. We didn't even get into the show, and he was fine with that, too. <laughs> right. Exactly. He seems – I like his energy. He has a nice, calm energy. Very, very warm. Very, very nice. Yeah. And, and uh, for to explain to everybody that by the time I had seen – by the time I knew about the show, it was already sold out, so we tried to do standby. So that's why no knock on the cellar. Yeah. Like, we just didn't buy tickets in time. I don't know, which is a whole process. And then last night was very crazy, not to derail from your dating stories, but – No, this is a good – this is good. Dave Chappelle came by and dropped by, and I've yet to hear of this, dropped by almost every show of the night that was in the late chunks. Wow. So, so what's funny is it bumps your set time or your show time back, or some comedians just get bumped from even being on the show, which yeah. you obviously still get paid and everything. Um, totally, but, yeah, that would suck. You'd be like, oh, th- thanks for no, coming out. <laughs> no, no, they still pay you. But um you know, so all of my shows, except for the very first one, started super late because Dave Chappelle dropped into the one earlier. And then the one I was on at the Village Underground, he came back for that one at the very end as well. Damn. Um, but it was... So you, it you is, opened for Chappelle. <laughs> yeah, indirectly in a weird way. But it really is just like... It's just crazy to see someone kind of with that much star power. Like... I would see them on, you see, there's screens at the cellar and you could see um, all four of the rooms because it helps you with your own spots. You know, you're following someone. You're like, oh, they're on stage. I'm gonna go to that room. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so funny that I was running around doing my spots, but I would know where Chappelle was based on hearing the screams and cheers from the other rooms. So you'd be on stage and you'd hear the basement below you freaking the fuck out. And you're like, oh, Chappelle must be on stage. And then funny that I came out, the screen that he was on, they made it black. And I think it was so it wouldn't cause a ruckus if anybody else sees it. Because some of the screens you walk by when you're getting seated for the shows. But then I was outside walking to McDougal Street, the main room. And all of a sudden I hear the giant standby line start freaking out and screaming. And then everyone goes, El Chappelle must have just walked by. Yeah, when we were on on the train, actually. So we had put our name to the standby list we were we were one spot away from getting in mm-hmm. although it does make me feel better knowing that he didn't drop into that particular show no if anything i was like oh that would have that would have kind of sucked i'm like yeah he went on every other sucked. show he and, skipped this one and to be to also be clear i'm not a huge fan of him but on a personal note well listen the last uh last couple specials and things have been uh not so great 
yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan, but it still would have been like a wild experience it to is. see him. Like just mm-hmm. like you said from a star power perspective. Um but we were on the subway, so the publicist and I were like, oh shit, all right, we're not gonna get in. They were like, you could stay for the 1255 show. <laughs> <laughs> Which you weren't even doing. So it's like, absolutely not. Goodbye. No. And so we got on the subway, and there were people on the subway freaking out that because they had seen him on the street. Right, exactly. So before That's you even texted me, I mm-hmm. I had turned to the publicist before you even texted me and been like, oh, I, I think Chappelle dropped into the cellar tonight because mm-hmm. the people around, like, why else would he be in the West Village walking by? They, like, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, yeah. So we went, so we went into Manhattan for a beer with you, which was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um. And, uh, yeah. And now he is gone. He went, um to the beach with some friends today and then I leave tomorrow so I'm not going to see him now for probably two weeks oh, which does kind of suck because these updates have been very fun <laughs> yeah like technically I'll be home in between Dallas and Greece but I get home late Wednesday night and I leave Thursday afternoon and I won't have packed for Greece I only have one set of luggage obviously I don't have room for like yeah. two full sets of luggage in my apartment so like I'm going to be spending Thursday like manically unpacking doing laundry and repacking for another week so i I don't i don't think it's going to be in the cards yeah you don't know i guess cross that bridge when we get there yeah i'll see how i feel like maybe i'll get home late from the airport and you know feel like meeting up for a drink or whatever but i don't know i'm I'm not gonna not gonna put it out there now not knowing how i feel (laughs) right yeah (laughs) take a step at a time exactly um but yeah, so I was wondering, I mean, like, I wasn't worried that you weren't going to like him because he's nice. Like, it's not like he was going to do anything egregious yeah. in the 25 minutes that we were hanging out. Would you have told me if you didn't in a non-problematic way? Like, let's, of course, you would have probably said something if he was like an asshole. But, but would, yeah. you te- would you tell me if you like just, eh, won that into him? Didn't like him, like... But I feel like on what level? Because if it's not an asshole, then what's the thing I don't like about it? Yeah, him, I guess. You know? Like, didn't vibe or something? It just goes back to people asking about, like, not liking their friends' partners. Oh, uh, I see what you mean. Almost in the sense of, like, yeah, he's great, works for you, but I would almost be like, can we hang out one-on-one, Allie? And, like, yes. not bring the publicist? Oh, okay. Right. Exactly. Um, I'm not asking about him specifically. Just I, just, I was yeah. just curious, like, in general. I mean, truly, it's like I only what hung out with this man maybe a half hour, forty five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, a big part of it too, and I think it this is true for everything in life is, I really have only heard positive things about him from you. Yeah. So you really haven't tipped me off of anything negative that I would even be trying to pick up on. Mm. You know. Yeah. Like I went in with really all positive thoughts and excitement to meet him, and I feel like from everything you've told me, he really is a great guy. So I went in with the lens of this is a great guy. So if anything, it's like I very much was not hypercritical of him in any sense of the word. Yeah, it just was getting me thinking like I was thinking as I was meeting his friends and he was meeting my friends. And and like it just kind of got me thinking about the broader question of like when you meet a new person that your friend is dating and like kind of how people think about that. So yeah, it's interesting. But you're right. That makes sense. Yeah, and not, and I don't want to have a negative lens on someone either. But, you know, it also is a lot of people are on their best behavior, obviously, the first couple times you meet. Of course. So it's not like I've witnessed 
how a conflict goes down between the two of you situation either you know i i haven't witnessed how a conflict goes down between <laughs> so, the two of us no but it's uh put it this way i i think my thought on that in general with everybody that's close to me is unless something starts to get serious and i see something i would maybe bring it up but like early dating i don't think i'm ever really saying anything unless a friend is constantly complaining to me Right. Or if there's something like egregious that happens, like let's say you'd been on my yeah. first date and heard the things that that guy said. And I was like, isn't he wonderful? <laughs> no, or like, mm? <laughs> he said those things when you like went to the bathroom Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. made jokes like that to me. And I'd sit there and go, I get that I'm a comedian and you might be trying to somewhat impress me, but certain like sexist jokes, I might be like, yeah, he made a few sexist comments. I don't know if he's done that in front of you would probably right. be all I said. Yeah, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone wants to be the reason two people break up. Goodness no, goodness no. <laughs> and like, I definitely have. Like, I I really like all of the part all of the partners that my friends are dating or married mm-hmm. to or engaged to or whatever. I genuinely do. Of course, though, there are some where I'd be like, oh, I'd have a good time with you one on one. We'd probably be friends. Exactly. Versus some where I'm like, I love you for my friend, and y'all are great. We probably wouldn't be friends. Like separately on our own but that doesn't matter right or if anything i've almost kind of learned this partly through my brother because he's had a handful of girlfriends mm-hmm. and I, his one of his first ones i really hit it off with and felt very close with but then of course they break up and like now i'm bummed <laughs> 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 like i don't have that kind of friend anymore and it's made me with him be like i'm not gonna super get involved and be like buddy buddy with the girl you're dating till I know it's serious. Yeah, now you're probably good to go. Yeah, yeah, they're engaged. So I say we're I say we're good to go <laughs> yeah. on that one. But you know what I mean? It was like yeah, that yeah. one really taught me, oh yeah. Like it, it ultimately doesn't matter if we like her or not. It's yeah. does he like her? Because that's he has to live with her forever. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. I don't. So correct. <laughs> but yeah. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets. If you want to come experience some magic live, we want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrheight.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand up shows. Start swiping on Hinge, bring a date, have a good time. And You'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited 
to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. So with that, today we are doing another grab bag episode. It's been a while since we've done a grab bag. I think this might actually be your first one. No, we've definitely done one of these before. Oh, really? Yeah, for sure. Oh, maybe it's just because this is our first one since we've been using Notion. <laughs> yes. Maybe. So, but I'm remembering now that Notion happened a little bit after you joined. So that's why we must have done it right before we started using Notion. Yes. So we solicited uh, uh, some questions from all the listeners this week. And yeah, we're just going to ping pong back and forth on this. Kind of rapid, rapid fire style. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What are your opinions on if you send the like out on Hinge and they just match with you, like punting it back to you to initiate the conversation? Funny of I really used to never even pay attention to that. Mm. But then Hinge started saying, so-and-so invited you to start the chat, right? Yup. I don't think too much into it because I've had that happen and then they send me a message a day or two later, or I initiate the conversation. Right. It more, it, since Hinge started writing that little line note, it more made me say, oh, I think the other person is, quote, following the rules that are indirectly listed here now with this little ping pong. Oh, interesting. But I feel like matching someone's energy is fair. So if I only liked their pick yes. and they accepted the like, I get it because I didn't make a comment. I didn't initiate a conversation. That's exactly how I feel about it. Like, I think I I understand the thought of like, oh, that's annoying. Like I sent this like out and they didn't say anything, but you didn't either. Mm -hmm. So like, no, you haven't done anything better than what this person did. Exactly. And if I make a comment and they don't answer it, I actually will give the benefit of the doubt of I will wait maybe a day or two and see if they see it. Maybe they just missed it. And if not, I just assume, oh, they probably missed the question or comment I asked. Does that like make they sense? just saw that you liked the them. Yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. Like They didn't see that you asked the question or, or said the comment or whatever. Yeah, I go benefit of the doubt. They probably didn't see it. And I'll just re-ask something and initiate the conversation. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't put too much weight on it overall, honestly. I don't either because I think the, the point is to start talking to somebody. Right. And if they are the kind of person that isn't going to put effort into that conversation, you're going to find out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think that, like, giving that one little extra nudge to just start the conversation is going to make that big of a difference. Because if they're going to be lazy, you'll find out, like, three minutes later. Exactly. So, I don't, I don't put too much weight on it. I feel like other people might be kind of following those rules just because Hinge writes that little line now. Yeah. But I'd say, don't get in your head about it. Just, you like the person, you want to talk to them, send a message. It doesn't matter. Agreed. Um, Okay, so this is a dating app one that I got. Mm -hmm. After matching, how long should a woman wait to ask for a man to ask her out, feeling led on? So I'd assume they've been chatting and no move has been made. So... I am coming at this from the lens where I am not of the mind that in a heteronormative situation, a man needs to ask a woman out and the woman should wait. So mm-hmm. knowing, just noting that up front, if you want to go out with somebody, ask them out. Yeah. Or you don't have to do a super direct, hey, want to go to this place on Thursday? 
just totally. saying, let's move this conversation off the app or, uh, you know, let's get a drink sometime. Text me. Throw the number. Yes. And then that puts it in their court of here's my number. Let's go out. And they're going to contact you or they're not. But I, yeah. I like that. That puts a bow on it. Like, this is my intention. Here you go. I also like if they ask you a question that requires a little bit of a longer answer or even if it doesn't, you just kind of want to be cheeky. I like to say something like, I'll totally tell you about that on a date or, oh, that's a much better in-person story. We should grab drinks and I'll tell you about it. Right. And I have had so many male friends say the same question to me of, well, how long do I have to talk on the app before I ask them out? Because everyone is different and every, I'd say every person, but specifically men have been burned before of saying, hey, let's get a drink this week. And women saying, well, that's too soon. Like I, we have barely talked on this app and I don't, you know, feel safe or comfortable. And so a lot yeah. of times I know a lot of men actually are waiting for you to bring it up of, oh, let's get a drink or something sometime or in your conversation, find maybe bring up. That's why I love, you know, the prompts and stuff that bring up like date spots or things to do because yeah, it's such totally. an easy, we should go do that. Yeah. I think that, I think that a lot of times, this is my, might be one of the only times that I'm like, we don't give men enough credit. Um, I think, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I do think that, that women who date men can overlook the fact that there is a very high risk of rejection and therefore like emotional vulnerability involved with asking somebody out. Mm-hmm. And although you individually might be in a mindset where you're like, I'm on a dating app. I want to go on dates. Like, yeah, ask me out. I wouldn't have matched with you otherwise. There are many, 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 many people that are not doing that, that are Mm -hmm. either just swiping for attention. And I say people on purpose, like men, women, everyone, either swiping for attention or like not paying attention to their apps and getting matches and never talking. Like there are lots of people who would get asked out and never respond or not follow up. Right. He doesn't know that you're not that person. Exactly. Exactly. I give a little, yeah, I give a little credit there. But also, here's another truth about dating apps for men, women, whoever you date. If you really are actively using them, you're going on a good amount of dates. Mm -hmm. You might be someone he's talking to that he does want to ask out. However, he might already have dates booked for that week, let's say. Maybe, yeah. So that could also be it. They're just keeping the conversation going, waiting until they they do have an opportune moment. And I don't think that's that makes someone look bad necessarily no and i, and I like hope you they're not just matched with them that, but no definitely i feel like in that scenario like that could happen to me like i could be like oh i just matched with this new guy mm-hmm. let's say it's monday i match with a new guy he seems great i like him i want to go out with him i do not have a free night that week whether it's because their dates or not exactly and like if i were going to be the person to ask out what am i going to do be like hi hello sir are you free uh, 14 days from today like <laughs> yeah you know, that's so, why with that, apps, I hate that question of how's it going for you or how many. You oh, know, God, you're no, going fuck on. that. Because fuck that question. I, I automatically assume you're on the dating app. You have access to a lot of people. You're probably going on more dates than someone that only meets people in real life. Let's say. Yeah, I agreed. Definitely. I would I, I. I would love if I could meet single people I wanted to date in real life at the rate that I do on dating apps. That would be wonderful. Yes. Right. Not realistic. Mm hmm. Okay, pivoting away from dating for a moment. Do you have any advice on growing apart from friends when you choose to evolve and no longer relate? 
Oh, I've had this happen a handful of times, actually, yeah. in the last few years, I would say. And I wouldn't even say it was that we were evolving, like I was evolving and they were not evolving. I don't even see it that way. Yeah. Um, the thing that's hard is if, if they really are good friends to you. I've had it happen with people that I, that were, I would consider some of my best friends. And I've had it with people that were the friends of friends and you won't hang out in the group. And those are very easy to kind of just let go because something I actually would ask myself with someone specifically that I'm no longer friends with was every time we're together as a group, her and I just did not vibe and it would never really be problems. But the last handful of times there was problems and like basically she'd throw a temper tantrum like conflict. and I wouldn't even yeah and I wouldn't even know why that was my biggest issue was you're mad about something be an adult and talk to me about it uh, and so many times I would chase her down and be like what's wrong what are we upset about and it mm. always would be something that actually had nothing to do with me but I was getting it taken out on on me right right the last time that happened I did not go chase her down I was like no grow up if you're mad and this really has to do with me, come talk to me. Say something. We basically didn't talk for a year. And I said, eh, it's done. And what I asked myself was, think of important days in my life. Or even something that, I wouldn't say this is a super important day in my life, but a fun time would be like my bachelorette party. And all yeah. I thought to myself was, do you want her at your bachelorette party? And the answer was, no. Fuck no, because I would have to deal with this bullshit that I have been having to deal with, right? Yeah. And so I said to myself, well, are you going to kind of keep up a facade of a friendship? And then when that, you know, when you get engaged and that day comes, cut it off then or just cut it off now? And that made it very easy for me, honestly, with that person to be like, no, because I don't want her there and I'm not going to keep up a facade of a friendship and the mutual friends we had. It's like, yeah, we... We can all still hang out together. I don't care. But I also don't care if you go hang out with her and don't invite me. Um, the people that really are close to you, that really does suck. Especially when you feel like you really have like experienced so much with that person and they mean so much to you. And it used to be your go-to person in all your times. And with that... I I haven't had it's not like this hard cut off and I don't sit here and say they are not my friend anymore the way I would with the other example mm -hmm. but it's kind of just a slow fade it just fades out and I think a big part of that too is if that friend is not really reaching out to you and actively being your friend and that's what I felt for this person I'm thinking of, I felt like a whole year I really kept reaching out. Like we'd always go out for like, if it was her birthday, I'd take her to a nice dinner, vice versa. For Christmas, we usually would do instead of gifts, we would go do like try a new steakhouse in New York or something. Right. And after a year of me kind of trying to chase her down and I didn't know what the issue was, I finally saw her once and it just has kind of faded from there. Mm. And I'll still get texts here and there. And it's and I really don't have ill will towards this person, but it just feels like we're not besties anymore. And I can't pinpoint why. 
it's just this just yeah, is what really it is. Hard. Yeah, and it sucks, but <laughs> the short answer to this question is if friendships aren't working for you anymore, then unfortunately you kind of just have to remove yourself and not force them because friendships are like romantic relationships. They're relationships in general where mm-hmm. you can't force it and also they're only hard if one person is working on it. If you're both actively yeah. working on it and participating in the relationship, then it's easy. Very true. And the short answer is just, yeah, sometimes you got to go find and make new friends. And I see this all the time with people that get, or get married and other people are single might naturally just not hang out as much. And same with people with kids. Suddenly you're at the little league game with all the other parents with the kids and your single friends just aren't in that environment. Right. And it's easy to keep friendships when you're, you know, around each other without even trying like college where you're all in the same dorm room. It's easy. Yeah. I had an experience like this in college actually, Mm. where I had a best, best, best friend for my first two years of college. We were inseparable. It was like our names were like synonymous with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I would show up someplace, they'd be like, where's so-and-so vice versa, et cetera. Inseparable. And then she went abroad fall semester junior year and I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I was really nervous about that. I was really, really nervous to be like on campus without her and, you know, and all this stuff. And it was the best semester of my college career, career. I don't know if that's the right word, whatever. Best semester of those four years by far. And one of the reasons is because I realized how much my identity had been tied to her and our friendship. And like there were specific dynamics within that friendship that weren't good for me Mm -hmm. and that were impacting me and like bringing things out of me that I didn't like and just all sorts of stuff. And having that space, quite literal space. Mm -hmm. Also, this was a time, like this was before like smartphones. Like I don't even think I had a, had a, I think I got a BlackBerry senior year. <laughs> right. Like, I think we were still using T9 texting. In other words, like, there wasn't a whole lot of of keeping in touch. Like, I, we Yeah, emailed. you went abroad. You were gone. <laughs> yeah, we emailed. <laughs> and it just was this eye-opening experience. And and when she got back, we, we were just very clearly in different places. Mm-hmm. And maybe something similar happened for her. Well, we've never, we never talked about it. But maybe something similar happened for her while she was gone. Yeah, hilarious. And... Of- the two people that ended up being cl- my closest friends in college, I actually didn't get close with to my junior year. And it was because the rest of my friends went abroad. Same thing. Yeah. So then, and the people that I became close with that semester, who I was then close with for the next two years, were my best friends when I came to New York. Most of them don't live mm-hmm. here anymore, so we don't hang out that often anymore. But that, it was life-changing for me to realize that that friendship was holding me back. And yeah. it wasn't really her fault. It wasn't anybody's fault. It just, it had turned into something that, it, that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And we're friendly. She lives in New York, actually. We're friendly. We've gotten drinks a couple times, but I mean, nowhere near what we were. Um, yeah. And I think that's happened to me a couple times throughout my life where I've had like a best, best friend that I've then grown apart from. And I think mm-hmm. I've learned throughout each of them that not everybody is meant to be the in your life or the same or mean the same thing to your life forever. Yeah. 
And it doesn't, it doesn't make that any less. Like I look back on my best friendship with her for those two years with a lot of fondness. Like the, I had a lot of fun, learned a lot mm-hmm. about myself, had a lot of really good times. And I feel that way about the other like really, really close friends that I'm thinking of that I'm not close to anymore. Right. And it's, you know, not everybody's meant to be your friend forever. And it doesn't have to be this like horrible thing. It mm-hmm. can just be that you're, you know, you were one way then with them and you're a different way now. Yeah, I mean, the growth part especially, I've heard so many friends go through this when it comes to they started partying less. Yeah. And it it, that hurts almost in a different way because it makes you be like, oh, were we ever really friends? Or Mm -hmm. now that I don't do this one activity, we actually connect on not much is what it feels like, right? Yeah. But it, it ultimately is hard because friendship is the thing i think we don't ever want to say we are not friends anymore i'm I'm gonna block you on instagram and blah 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 right because it you feel like well what's the point um but i don't i mean i just feel like this is the more years you live in life the more you do experience this and i think a big thing is work friends there's so many people that were my bestie at work and then the minute one of us got a different job we have never hung out again we yeah. maybe have kept in touch a handful of times. and But weirdly that, you're not mad because it's like, oh, we were work friends. Right. You understand that in a different way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I was talking to actually the um, the friend that I mentioned who lives near Park Life that I invited her, she and her, her, and her husband to come hang out with um, the publicist and me. Mm-hmm. Um, she is my former work friend. Well, oh, okay. Still friend, former work. You know what I mean? We used to work together. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I've talked to her about that, that she is a now very close friend of mine. I was at her wedding last year. We haven't worked together in six years. Right. But that is really unusual in my experience. It is. It is but it's the same thing. That actually is similar to when suddenly I see two people that went to my high school get married. And I'm like, y'all never even talked like 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 there was no (laughs) closeness between you in high school whatsoever but then suddenly you just reconnected later yeah and turns out oh we hit it off you know yeah so you never know okay uh this is an interesting one because i've felt this plenty of times losing faith how to maintain hope while online dating after many failed attempts i have definitely felt this one um my, this my whole first show is a catalog of our failed uh, quite quite literally uh, <laughs> although so firstly we did an episode about this uh, about a month ago it's called the dating app fatigue one so that we really dive into this topic about you know feeling not only hopeless but also fatigued and you know like god i'm just on this merry-go-round over and over and over again um, that one came out on may 1st it's uh, episode 115 so if you want to check that out go to there. But I think that what helps me maintain hope is remembering the last time that I went on a really good date and using that to be like, I will go on another one. Mm -hmm. Like before my first date with the publicist, I hadn't been on a good first date in a while. We literally did the dating at fatigue episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because both of us were like, fuck this noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I went on a great date with him. And, you know, obviously things are still going well. Who knows where it'll go or not. But even if 
things end with the publicist, even if I, even if things don't progress, it has helped me even in a lot of ways. There's a lot of great things that I've gotten from it already, even if it were to end. But one of those things is that there are great people that I will get along with out there. Right. Mm -hmm. That helps me. Yeah. Because it's one thing if you're tired and you feel like you're meeting people that are not good people Right. But it's another thing when you meet people, you go, this is a nice person, but we just are not clicking. Yeah. Um. T- I mean, to be honest, the fatigue, my, my biggest thing is just I take breaks because I can't Absolutely. make myself do it. And it even would be before I was podcasting about dating relationships. There's this feeling of if you're single and you want a relationship or you complain about being single everyone always says, well, are you on dating apps? And it maps, it makes it seem as if if you're not on dating apps, then you are not trying. Mm. And you, that's what you have to be doing to be trying. And, and, oh, you're not on an app. Well, well, it's your fault then you're not Stop complaining, people. you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, well, you know, you can't help people that won't help themselves. It's, it's that mentality mm. when, you know, I've said it a million times before. I'm like, I, I have never had more than two dates three dates from someone i met through a dating app i just i have yet to have that click Uh, no there were two people maybe two or three people i went out with and i was very into but then we never went out again so they weren't into me right so that's a narrative i'm always telling people like yes i understand that feeling you feel like i gotta be on these apps to be quote trying but i don't subscribe to that i think I actually subscribe to, I think Matchmaker Mario was the one that says kind of divide your dating attempts in like 30%. So yes, be spending some time on apps, but also make sure you're going out, being social, maybe finding events that interest you. And then the other 30% is actually just going out with a friend here and there, just experiencing the world, meeting new friends because making new new friends, friends. you meet new people. So we've all been there. But there's no quick fix. And if you're really, really bogged down, I'm like, take a break. You're not going to miss your soulmate because you took a a month break from a dating app. (laughs) No. And also, breaks can look different. Like you can decide that that means that you want to delete your apps and just, you know, be totally. Or you can decide you're just like, I'm just not going to pay attention to them for a while. Like it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be going, quote unquote, cold turkey Mm -hmm. in order to, like I like to say, turn the volume down on dating and just be like, you know what? I'm just not going to really spend that much time swiping, which means I'm going to get fewer matches and go on fewer dates. And that's how I'm going to kind of give myself a break. Exactly. Do you have any go-to fun first date questions? To be honest, I don't have any ones that are very specific. I like asking vague questions that, you know, leave room for a conversation and don't feel as interviewee. And a lot of times I'll try to first reference something that is true to me. Like, for example, we're going to Greece. Right. And I might say, oh, yeah, I'm really excited. You know, are you excited for the summer? Do you have any fun, you know, travel plans coming up? That's nice. That's vague. It also doesn't put pressure of like, oh, do you go to Europe in the summer? You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) It keeps it vague. And um, I feel like a lot of times I've gotten really good answers that show, you know, do they have close friends? Are they close with their family? You know, do they plan things in their life that are to look forward to? Right. Right. Um. I kind of that's actually kind of a rule for comedy too it's like I it's hard for me to talk about something in comedy if it's not something that relates to myself as well mm-hmm. so I kind of start there of what's something I can share about myself 
and then just ping it to them of like, well, what about you? Do you have any things you're looking forward to? So a vague travel one I usually like because um, that is something I try to do once a year. I try to plan some type of trip and see somewhere I haven't seen. I like what that. about you? You actually gave me an idea for a good one recently oh. that I haven't used yet um, because it, it became clear that I didn't need to on my most recent date. But asking what, like, not necessarily what kind of comedy somebody likes, but what is their kind of humor? Like, what's the last thing that made them laugh? Or like, what, you know, like, what's what's really making you laugh right now? Or what, you know, what stand-up comedians are your favorite? For me, that latter is a good one because I really do like stand-up comedy and I am actively mm-hmm. looking for somebody who wants to go do that with me. So if yeah. the person were to say, eh, I'm not that into stand-up, I, I probably would be like, oh, maybe we don't have that shared interest. That's a note. Um, right. But I like asking a question like that because it comes back to what we were saying in the beginning of the episode to try to figure out like, okay, what kind of humor does this person have? Like what kind of things mm. are they laughing at? You know, if they bring up like, you know, what's the last – it could be what's the last funny meme you saw or like what's your favorite TikTok account? Or like, you know, what what does your FYP look like? If you know, if you're talking like about that. TikTok. Yeah. yeah. It's like, are you on TikTok? And you say, okay, what – what has your FYP taught you about yourself that you didn't even know? <laughs> right. Like give me, yeah. Like give me the headlines. Of, like what are the, what are the top three topics on your FYP mm-hmm. kind of or thing? Honestly, if you date men, YouTube is a big one. Yeah. What was your latest YouTube binge? Yeah. Like what YouTube or rabbit hole have you fallen down recently? Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, I think it gives you an idea of, you know, what is this person laughing at? What are they consuming? You know, what kind of, what kind of TikToks can I expect to get sent? Yeah. If yeah, we're for dating. Me it's- yeah, and it always comes up naturally just because I do comedy that I'll say, oh, and it also is to get it off of me because a lot of times it will be questions, questions, mm-hmm. questions like, how does that work? And how did you, where do you work? Do you work the seller? And <laughs> I'll usually say, oh, so you're a comedy fan. Who are some of your favorite comedians? Yeah. Um, you know, but similar to I like concerts. That's another thing. I'll say whatever concert I have coming up and I'll ask them, you know, who have you, you know, do you have any concerts coming up or who's who's the best person you've seen perform live? Yeah. Or like, what's your dream concert? Yeah totally hilarious of um we just had jared on the live show and i've heard him say that his back pocket question is just so what do you have going on this weekend yeah great question (laughs) you know he's like generic vague but but he said he's like i throw that out when i when i don't feel like it's going uh got it so ladies if you are on a date with jared freed and you and you hear that question things are not going well right where there's just a lull you're like ah Because that's the thing, right? The thing with first date questions, you're a little like, oh, the f- good first dates, I didn't even have to think that hard. That That's where my head init- immediately goes to because I do re- – I, when I think back on first dates, I realize that I am asking questions that are in similar, like, universes. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll generally end up asking about if they play any sports. Yeah. Because that's just something that comes up really naturally because it's something that I do. So usually if they're asking me anything about what I did that week, volleyball has got to come up at some point. I know. But I just like specifics because I hate the question like, what do you do for fun? Do you have any hobbies? And I'm like, I break it down. Why does my mind go blank when somebody asks me what I do for fun? I'm like, shit, do I have fun? I don't. When's the last time I I had fun? What do I do for fun? Exactly. But I feel like that's everyone. I don't see myself as not a fun person, but I hate that question because I'll. I've literally said to people on dates, I've been like, honestly, I work a lot. I'm out a lot with comedy. And I said, my life when I'm working often means I can't really be social and see my friends. And so my answer is, 
I go and do things with my friends. I said, a lot of times it's just us getting dinner and getting to hang out. And that's kind of it. And that's a great like, that's, answer. Yeah. I'm but gonna, I'm, but I'm being that. honest. I'm like, it's not that I don't do activities. I'm just like, yeah, man, I don't, I don't sew. I don't know what I was supposed to say. You, for the you know, or crochet or whatever. You know what I mean? Like what I always do for fun. I weirdly sew. when you say crafts or hobbies, hobbies, I think crafts. They're associated oh, in my mind. And I've never been a craft person. So no, I'm like, either. I make playlists. I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> okay, on that note, how about this question? Boyfriend got a new job. Is, quote, always busy. How to stay supportive, but also have my needs met. That's tough. It's, that's, this is really hard. I have a lot of questions about the always busy being in quotes. Mm-hmm. Do we not believe him? Is this something? Is it like a direct quote from him? Like, because somebody could be always busy, but the fact I, I, I'm my interest is peaked at the fact <laughs> that it's in quotes, and we don't have the answer. But um, I think that, firstly, you deserve to have your needs met. Mm-hmm. Full stop. So I think, and I, and I think that a lot of people kind of go into this place of, well, if I am being quote unquote demanding that I'm not being supportive, that like you can't do both, that you like can't be supportive while also saying here are the things that I need. Mm -hmm. I am curious. It's a new job. Is this level of busyness temporary or is this his new normal? Because I think my advice is different in those two situations. Like if it's like, it's a new job, he's overwhelmed he's trying to figure things out and like, you know, mm-hmm. needs to make a good impression and start off on the right foot and all, all that stuff. And that could settle down. That's one thing. But if it's a new job where this is what it is, then I think it, there's more conversations I would recommend having about like, you know, what is this going to look like? Like, can, do we need it? Do we need to maybe be more, do we need to plan further ahead about when we're going to spend time together? For example, now that you're, that you're so much busier or, you know, can we, can we earmark time for us in ways that we didn't used to have to maybe? Right. And one plus side she has that I've mainly heard this question was more in the dating phases Mm -hmm. of people being like, this man says he likes me. He's interested. He does, you know, communicate with me. However, he doesn't have much time to actually hang out with me due to work. Right. The bright side of being already in this boyfriend stage is I'm curious if the always busy in your needs, is it literally seeing them? Is it that they're not able to come out and meet you out? Really? Because especially with work from home, it's like, is he just home all the time? Because that's something that you might have to kind of just compromise a bit of if it's the quality time and seeing them, you might have to suck it up of it's not going to be going out as much anymore due to this Mm -hmm. job and you might have to be a little bit more catering to them in a way of if they're the one that has to work later than you you got to go to their place and and that's what you're going to have to do and compromise to get that quality time of even if it's just an hour before bed or even if it's literally just go over there and cuddle a bit and fall asleep there um the line is very hard though of supportive and understanding and also having your needs met because ultimately it might be a reason long run if this is how it is forever that it's not the relationship for you yeah if it's a new job i think too soon to tell like you said but you know 
we alluded to the nurse last time, so I'll allude to him again here. Um, that was someone that was based in New York, right? And I would essentially be in a distance thing if I kept seeing them. However, the communication and the relationship in general wasn't enough for what I needed. So ultimately, I was okay with it ending because I said, well, I don't think this would be enough for me distance. Because me being distance, I would need even more than I'm getting right now. And what I'm getting right now already isn't enough. Yeah. So on that note, we got a question about distance. Oh, what is it? In a long distance relationship, things are going well, but I miss him and don't want to be clingy. How to avoid the desire? I don't know if this is a hot take, but I feel like long distance relationship, you're actually allowed to be more clingy because yeah. I don't think it's clingy around. at all. Yeah. yeah. It's it, like to find clingy of just, you know, do you want to talk to them more? That's what it probably sounds like. If it's distance, it probably means just what? Texting them more, talking to them more. But the number one thing of distance would be having the conversation of what is the schedule of us seeing each other? Number one, yep. you know, who has the more maybe work flexibility, blah, blah, blah. And then two would be how much are we communicating? Is it a phone right. call every night? Is it texting throughout the day? What What are your expectations? What What do you want? And I don't, I wouldn't see it as clinging. No, not at all. I think, so to, to answer her like, Last question, how to avoid the desire. You're not going to do that. <laughs> like you're not, it, you're, yeah. it's highly unlikely that you're going to be able to make yourself not want to see him and talk to him. And I don't think you should make yourself do that. Like stop, stop those things. Mm-hmm. From my own long distance relationship experience, it was all about like exactly like you said, getting on the same page about how often we're going to communicate and see each other and, and know what the expectations are and what that's going to look like and find something that works out for both of you. And if, if capital letters, not saying this is going to happen, the other person finds how often you want to communicate with them to be clingy. That might not be the right person for you, especially long distance. Like you said with the nurse, like, it is going to take more communication in a long distance relationship because you're not able to see each other. So like you have to talk on the phone more or text more or whatever it is Mm because you're replacing in-person hangouts. Yeah. And it's hard. And it's hard. And if the other person doesn't want to communicate at the same level that you do and you're finding that to be really, really hard to deal with, that might not be the right relationship for you. And that, that would really suck. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. First have the conversation, you know, hopefully that's not the case, but it, it it could be. Yeah. And I'd say this is the one thing that I would categorize not as clingy, but more annoying if I was in a distance relationship mm-hmm. would be somebody that constantly is saying, I miss you. Yeah. Because I'd sit there like, yeah, I miss you too. I I'm know. aware that this sucks. This is not the ideal situation, right? And bringing that up almost sometimes <laughs> makes you just feel worse in a way or just more sad. Yeah. I actually dealt with that with ASV mm-hmm. where when we saw each other, sometimes, especially if we'd had like a hard, especially if there, if we'd had any conflict while we were apart or if anything, you know, if, or if, it, you know, if it had been more difficult to communicate or whatever, that he would spend a lot of time when we first 
re- reunited saying mm-hmm. like, man, like this, this is really hard. Like I really miss you all this stuff. And I'm like, I, I know. Yeah. We've both decided to do this though. Are you deciding you maybe don't want to? Like, what are we, what are we saying here? Because like the, the, I miss you and this is really hard part. That's not going away right. until at, it was like a four year timeline basically that we were on, or we had talked about me maybe going there, but like, that's not changing. And like, it's not changing tomorrow. It's not really helpful to say that. Right. Exactly. I mean, it kind of feels like similar to when you get, you know, kind of a guilt trip from your family. That's like, we haven't seen you in a long time. You're like, I am aware. It's, it's yeah. not that I don't know that. And it's not, you know, I'm not saying never say that, but I can't imagine getting and I miss you text a lot. It would. Yeah. It would, it, it it's like nice. you're just re-reminding me that you're not here is kind right. of what it feels like. It's nice every once in a while. Like it's, you know, part of a lovely little like, wish you were here, babe. Like, you know, wish you were cuddling with me. Like those types of things are nice. Peppered in. Exactly. A little bit at a time. Yeah. Well, uh, I think, I think that's it for today. Nice little variety. Yeah. A little popcorn as they call it. Bag of popcorn. Um, I love these grab bag episodes. I think they're, it's fun to do like a variety of stuff. So thank you for everyone for submitting questions. And if you have longer questions, we do our hot topics episodes where we dive into like two or three longer conversations about things. And you can find that suggestion form at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. And the next one we're doing, we're doing with, um, Jordana Abraham and her sister, Dr. Naomi Bernstein, who have the podcast Oversharing, where they always take listener submissions. And Jordana's sister is Dr. Naomi, and she is a licensed uh, therapist. So, Yeah, it's going to be great. So we're going to be posting a specific question form for them um, that'll be longer than the little box on Instagram. And we're pumped for that. So Yeah, so be on the lookout because that's going to be a great up. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. And we will see you next week. See you next time. Bye.